Hello, and welcome to PwC Canada's CEO Viewpoints podcast series. For those joining us for the first time, this is a series where we discuss key themes from our 25th annual Global CEO Survey with leading Canadian CEOs. In our last episode, we discussed how CEOs are addressing cybersecurity concerns from increasing legislation, risk management tactics, through to engaging the board of directors. My name is Richard Wilson, and I'm a partner in cybersecurity, privacy, and financial crime at PwC Canada. Today, we have a guest that I'm personally very excited to spend some time with, Ken Hartwick, President and CEO at Ontario Power Generation, or OPG. Ken, we're so pleased to have you here today. Welcome. I appreciate it, Rich, and I think it's going to be a good conversation and very topical given what's going on around the world uh, for uh, both how it impacts us and uh, your perspective. Couldn't agree more. Uh, cyber doesn't seem to be going away, does it? <laughs> well, let's dive right into it then. It's no surprise that uh, in our fifth consecutive year of the annual survey, we see that 53% of Canadian executives say that they're either very or extremely worried about the threats that could harm their business related to cybersecurity. The fact that it's a top threat for so many years speaks to how difficult it is for businesses to try to, uh, to solve that problem. It's a key risk. We'd love to hear your thoughts on this. As a CEO, how do you think about and how do you manage cyber risk? Maybe starting with your very first uh, comment on this, that I think the reason it remains top of mind for, for CEOs and many others is that at the risk is getting harder and harder to manage. So a lot of things we deal with in business, whether it's integration of a business, whether it is safety, it feels like you can stay ahead of it or make progress against it. And I think cyber is one of the few areas where I know me personally, I always feel like no matter what we do, we're no further ahead because, you know, maybe it's the nature of the threat, the nature of the people that do bad things that that you probably see around the world. They continue to get smarter. And I think this is what makes boards uncomfortable and CEOs and, and management uncomfortable is that you just don't feel like you are safer or better at it, you know, next week or a month later, or a year later, that it always seems like a real work in progress. So that's why it stays top of mind. That's why it stays high on your list, because of this lack of comfort in being able to say, great, that one's done. What risk am I going to deal with next? I don't think this one ever gets off the risk map. Fair enough. So you will continue to make forward progress. You are identifying and managing these risks and bringing them certain ones to conclusion and then others start to introduce themselves and you feel like there's this perpetual movement forward around them. How do you keep your board in a relative degree of comfort around that that process? It certainly is work. We run big power assets, generation assets. Many of them are critical to the operation of a the grid system, electricity for the province of Ontario and, and a bunch of hydro assets in the US. So when we're in with the board, it is trying to keep this in perspective as to what we are doing in the area, being clear on what the gaps are. I think one mistake I think some people make is trying to convey it is more in control than what it is. And I think with boards being really open, really honest, really transparent as far as what you know the gaps that still exist probably the the biggest gaps are the ones you know I don't know about or we don't know as a company and when they happen and, and a gap or a problem develops is being really open and trying to understand and explain to your board why it happened and 
then I often think with any board, you know, problems happen in every business, cyber included. It's the speed you react and, and solve that problem will give boards confidence that, you know, that you have the right resources around it. Because I think the alternative for any board is to just pour more resources into something. And sometimes more doesn't get you a better answer. Sometimes smarter gets you a better answer. And that's where I think management and with the help of advisors like yourself can help us be smarter as opposed to just doing more. As a former director, I take a lot of comfort in what you just said, because uh, when you're sitting in the seat and you're getting briefed from management, there's a binary question in your in your mind, which is, Am I getting good, transparent truth? Is it candid? I don't need to have it perfect. I just need to know what we've got here so we can figure out how to manage it. And you know, on the other side of that question is, this sounds too good to be true, so is it the case? So the candor, the transparency that you talked about with those gaps certainly gives a board comfort that they know what they've got, and then you can work through it together. So that's, uh, that's really, really sound advice. Well, let's dive into, I guess, that next question, which you started to touch on, which is these cyber crimes have a real impact on a company's operations and its reputation or its finances, you know, even sustainability. Um, we're seeing a, a strong trend in the market towards integration, integration of technologies and processes and organizations, certainly in the power sector. From a CEO's perspective, is the integration a strength or is a weakness when it comes to cybersecurity? The strength is when you integrate a system, you know, if we integrate with Quebec, Manitoba, New York, Michigan, it's an economic strength because then you're more optimal in the use of resources and, and how much power generation you need in our, in our instance, how much transmission is required. So it is a strength. The weakness is you're as strong as the weakest part in that integration. You're right on for the power grid. We are heavily integrated to the provinces beside us and down through the Northeast Midwest US. And if any of us have a major problem, it is everybody's problem. Nowadays, you know, that integration uh, really forces every entity like us that's part of that to have their eyes on and hold others accountable to, to being at a very high level on the cyber side. It is a tough cyber environment when you're trying to rely on the internal workings of probably in our case, I would say 50 other organizations to be at a level of excellence that, uh, that we think we're at. That can cause you to think more at night than what you want to. I can only imagine. And I guess when it comes to the, the vendor and supplier network that you rely upon to help run your business. Maybe there's a trust but verify type of strategy there as well, which is contractually you might ask them to secure themselves to a certain level and you know give you some comfort that they're achieving that. So it sounds like there's another whole ecosystem there on you know being coordinated and interconnected. Because we run nuclear facilities, uh, we verify. The trust part doesn't really come into it. You just can't trust because it's a mistake anywhere along the chain. And I think most our vendors would rather us verify all the way along to give them comfort that their quality programs work, their cyber protection programs work. So again, it's one of those industries, you know, maybe ours and healthcare and banking, where I think more emphasis on verifying and no one get upset. You know, if someone, we get asked to verify our readiness on the cyber side to entities that oversee the North American power grid, everything is verified. It seems to be a 
a sign of things to come. So good advice to any organization to get good and get efficient at being able to prove that you're secure because it sounds like the question will be asked more and more as, uh, as things move ahead. Let's turn our sights inward to your organization for a minute. You're obviously staying informed of trends you know, out there that, that may harm your organization. And it sounds like you need to build a good cybersecurity culture around that. So give us your advice. How do you build an effective cyber culture within your company? And what advice do you have to set the right tone from the top? So maybe a couple of things. We are very proud of our safety culture. You know, we deal with equipment, moving parts, water, moving water, nuclear stations. So we have it ingrained in the company that safety is number one. Take care of the person beside you. Don't enter a, a work, you know, work environment that is not safe so that you go home at the end of your shift or the end of your day exactly like you came in. And I think cyber has to get to the same level of prevalence. To me, it's the same philosophy that everything we do, because a cyber event can lead to a safety event, it can lead to customer impacts, it can lead to reputational issues, but really it is getting the culture of the organization so they think every bit as much around opening an email, around testing a piece of equipment that's coming into our plant so that it is just second nature. I think this is the challenge. So a lot of the, a lot of times, and every organization will have a different thing that's most important. Like say for us, we really go on safety. Nobody gets hurt. And it is resonating with employees. So my advice to people is pick an analogy within your organization that the average person can understand. Because again, I think what I see sometimes at our place is the conversation is targeted to our IT people and people who sort of already know. Well, it needs to be targeted to every person who has an email, every person who does QA on, on a piece of equipment, every person that is involved in our integration with these other utilities. So analogies tend to be the best thing. So we do a lot of work on, uh, if you think about safety this way, think about cyber this way. Terrific. Do you run any cyber meetings where your chief information security officer, you know, briefs management or, you know, is there any sort of upward briefing that, that happens and how does that look? It is every three weeks, uh, there is a briefing of myself and five others on our executive leadership team. And you could say, well, three weeks seems like a lot. But if you go back to your survey results and you think that this is one of the top three risks, why wouldn't I be involved in understanding it that frequently? It is very regular. And the topics, we do two things in those briefings. One is what are the events in the last couple of weeks? And then a second element of that is pure education. Because I think the only way to lift an organization, you know, I'm an accountant. I'm not, I'm not a technology specialist. I'm definitely not a cyber specialist. But I need to have a good working knowledge as to what we are facing as an organization so that I can make budget decisions, resource allocation decisions, people decisions, because that's what the board is expecting. So if we know it's one of our top three risks, and, you know, as the CEO, I don't know how I don't do all those things. Yeah, fair enough. I guess that also relies on having a, a really tuned in CISO who doesn't bring you a lot of technical jargon, but 
understands how to take all the technical threat intelligence that they receive and translate that into a briefing that management can absorb and understand and apply. And that, that sounds like you've got a, a good CISO who's you know, helping to equip you with that information. Our group does exactly what you described, is a really good job of taking a highly technical area and bringing it into the business environment so people like me can understand it. And as I said, make really resource decisions around it. Final question for you would be, I guess CEOs are presented these days with a growing list of strategic mandates that uh, they should consider for their organization. Environmental social governance, ESG, uh, equity, diversity, and inclusion. They're important. The great resignation. I mean, there's just this flow of, of topics. How do you keep cybersecurity from being a buzzword? How do you make cybersecurity practical and embedded into the processes of your organization to reduce risk rather than an acronym? I go back to almost what does the senior leadership spend their time talking about and not letting it slide. And, you know, we, we could say we face the same thing on safety. It'd be very easy to go on to these other topics and lose track of the importance of safety and lose track of the importance of cyber. And, you know, this is just a prioritization of time. So I think when the organization knows I have a level of interest and knows the other five executives that are, that are uh, getting regularly briefed on cyber, then they quickly pick up that this is important to the organization. It's important to our success. And again, what our cyber team has done is really simplify the message so that everyone in the organization hears it. I think we have uh, another sort of educational session going out uh, company-wide in the next month and just keeping it top of mind. So I think on one of these things, if I lose focus on it, the organization will, and then you have a problem. But it's, it's like, say, if it's among our top three, which it is, there's no excuse for losing losing track of it. Terrific. Sounds like a, a very strong top-down message, and it sounds like it's repeated often. Well, you've given us some terrific, impactful insights to consider, so I want to say thank you very, very much. Thanks for being with us today and for giving us some interesting points to take away and reflect on. Uh, thank you. I appreciate the conversation, and I appreciate your firm's help in helping us uh, uh, get down this path of trying to catch up, which has been a big help. All right. Well, that brings us to the conclusion of our discussion today. Ken, thanks so much for spending time with me. The time just seemed to evaporate, but we got some great insights from you on the effect that cybersecurity has on organizations and from a top-down perspective, you know, how you organize yourselves to, uh, to manage it. I also want to thank our listeners. We really appreciate you spending time with us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast series and be sure to check out the final episode of the season of CEO Viewpoints.